I would like to read from Whispers from Eternity, Paramahansa Yogananda's prayer demand, make me anything, a Christian or a Hindu, anything to realize thee. Let me be Christian, Jew, Hindu, Buddhist, Mohammedan, or Sufi. I care not what be my religion, race, creed, or color, if only I can win my way to thee. But let me be none of these, if that identity enmeshes me in an enclosing net of religious or social formalities. Let me travel the royal high road of realization, which leads to thee. If I am traveling on some bypath of religion, lead me into the one common highway of realization, which leads straight to thee. Send me the sunshine of thy wisdom, that it lead me to the morning of my growing powers, and send me the moon of thy mercy to guide me rightly, if ever I am lost in the dark night of sorrow. Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it and your deathless self within. So the impulse to seek truth is in the soul of every human being. But it gets lost or covered by desires and attachments and various things. And a great number of people don't even seek truth. That's really sad. You look around this temple of light, unless you're on the internet, uh, and it has representations of the great world religions. We can't, we don't have a symbol for the shamans and the whole other spectrum, but truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it and your deathless self within. It's all inside of our souls. And wonderfully, God keeps sending avatars, saints. Kriyananda would often remind us that the saints are the true custodians of religion, not the prelates or the popes or the rabbis, or, and no offense to any of them. Uh, but the reality of it is, is that in our hearts, we recognize the truth. I was talking to a disciple yesterday and we were talking about the time in both of our lives when we weren't on the path. And we were, I was growing up in the 60s in San Francisco and so all, there was Zen teachers and Buddhist teachers and Sufi teachers and Hindu teachers and Christian teachers and New Age Christian teachers and it was fun. It was a buffet. <laughs> Everything was there. But it was interesting because underneath it, I would feel the truth of each one of these paths. And I could feel, wow, that's, that's really true. And, and certain aspects of it would, would catch my attention and my heart would soar because there was truth there. And as I got a little older and went along, I noticed that the teachers, Swami Kriyananda and Swami Sachitananda and the Buddhist masters that I would meet, would say, you have to find your own path. 
And for a little bit, I couldn't understand why, because it's all good, isn't it? I mean, you go to the buffet and you take a little of this and a little of that, and you, you go back for seconds on the ones you really like. <laughs> but they were unanimous, totally unanimous. You have to focus and go deep into the teachings. And this is what the whisper said, isn't it? This is what Narayan read. If we look at the surface, they are beautiful. And they are just absolutely blessings that we have so many wonderful religions, paths, traditions, whatever we want to call it. But that God keeps bringing us the human family, Buddhas and Christ and Moses and great shamans and great masters that give us an insight into the fact that behind it all, one light, one father, one mother. And the cultural traditions we resonate with are due to the karmic patterns that we've woven. And so for some people, all they need is the white wall and the Zen of sitting for hours and hours, <laughs> blanking the thoughts. But what is the arrived goal of all religions? And it is one. We have different names, Samadhi, Satori, Nirvana, Ecstasy, on and on and on. But that experience is one. The teachings that get us there are many because the karma that we've woven is as unique as each individual. What are there, eight billion of us now on the planet? We've got eight billion patterns to work out. But the truth is one and eternal, and we have to find the ways that get us there. The saints are the true custodians of religion. That's true. So we have to find the saint within us and cultivate that. And we have to throw off the things that don't work. Now, for most of, well, most of us here in the Temple of Light, and for most of us probably on the internet this morning or this evening, uh, the reality is that we've come to find our path. We've, most of us are disciples of Paramahansa Yogananda. Most of us are members of the Ananda Sangha. We're disciples of this great path. So we've gone through the buffet, and we've found the one we like, and we've got it. Now we have to dive into it. And that is what the teachers of every tradition tell you. Dive into the teachings that the guru gives you. Find the guru and then dive in. Whatever she says, do it. <laughs> Whatever Divine Mother gives you, you take it. But you have to dive in because it's only by penetrating into that white light, into the center of each path, that you see the reality of all paths. You don't see it. And it, can, it depends on what your upbringing is. But it can be very confusing when you're 17 years old and you're looking for truth and you've got 
these Tibetan horns going on with the, the really cool hats and the, you know, the wild chanting. And, the, and then the Zen guys, they only have black and white. Everything's black and white. I mean, even the cover of their books are black and white. I mean, it's like, whoa, whoa this is kind of dry. But if, when you get into the center of it, it's stillness. It's peace. It's still the eight aspects of God. It's the same. But you have to penetrate deeply into it. And you have to practice the teachings that you're given. And you have to practice them deeply. And whatever your path, go deeply into it. And, on the other hand, respect one God and all these beautiful pathways to get there. It is so cool to see that. Yogananda said, if you are in a city and there's, it's good to visit different churches or temples or mosques and go in there and meditate, pray to the Divine Mother of the universe and draw from that those practices. Now, in his case, he would say, do Kriya Yoga in the mosque, do Kriya Yoga in the uh, synagogue because that's your path and it connects you with that one light and that one reality that underlines all paths, all true paths, give us that. And they give us the same experience. I had a wonderful experience when I was a young truth seeker. Uh, I was actually a disciple of Master, but I was at a yoga retreat on another path. And it was exactly like our spiritual renewal week. Get up in the morning, do yoga postures, meditate, uh, have breakfast in silence, Go to the satsang with the, the teacher, the guru. So at the, by Friday, it's time for initiation. But I couldn't go to their initiation. It was really fun because I was the observer of the initiation. And so I watched everyone get their white clothes and try and keep their feet out of the dirt <laughs> and, and uh, get their flowers. Everyone has to get their flower. And... Uh, I couldn't go to the initiation. It was a different tradition. It was so inspiring just to see the devotion uh, and all these young people and old people, but it, it happened to be a lot of young people, and I was young, believe it or not. <laughs> so, but just to see the devotion and to realize every path asks the disciple Open your heart to me, and I will enter and take charge of your life. They were coming to the Guru. They were receiving the initiation. It was very inspiring. I still remember it. It's over 50 years ago. So we, we need to dive deep. Now, for those of us who are disciples of a given path, what's relevant about all this? Well, we have to keep our daily practice energized. We have to keep our enthusiasm for the path. And so as we go along, week by week, year by year, decade by decade, lifetime by lifetime, how can we keep that enthusiasm going? Yogananda said, you could use 2% of what I give you and still find God. <laughs> so no excuses. <laughs> You're not feeling like ohm technique this week or something. No, Master said 2%. What do we have? We have affirmations. We have chants. 
We have songs by Kriyananda. What do we have? 140 books in the crystal clarity world. You could reread some of them. <laughs> you might be enthused about it. You could do a long meditation. You could come to the kirtan on Friday night at the Temple of Light. You could stay longer at work and chant while you're working. You could fast for a day. You could fast on orange juice. You could on and on and on. Master has uh, diets for losing weight and diets for gaining weight. <laughs> he, he gave us so much stuff. And, of course, when you're young on the path, you're like, wow, he gave us this and that. As you get on, you're like, oh, my God, <laughs> how can I do all this? You can't do all this. You just need to do what you need right now to keep your heart open to the love of God. And that can change. It cannot change, either one. You can stick with one mantra for your whole life. You can keep one chant going. That's good if your heart is open and your mind is still. Then you're meditating. And you're meditating deeply. And you go deep into Kriya. And here's an interesting thing. As you go on as a disciple, and I'm saying this towards the end of the movie, but I've been doing Kriya for 50 years. And I so much more understand Buddhism now than I did 50 years ago, when I just thought it was really cool hats and the long horns. <laughs> it, no, no, no. It has to do with Om. It all has to do with the deep spine. It all has to do with the one light and the journey through the chakras to the point of realization. Every path has it. It's cloaked. It's hidden in various traditions, because it was different times. Paramahansa Yogananda was talking about the Catholic tradition, that you go to Mary to approach Christ. He said there's a truth behind that. Mary is the Om. We go through the Om to approach the Christ consciousness. There are deep truths which you won't understand unless you go deep in your own path. You deepen your Kriya. And it's a wonderful experience to be deep in your path because all the other paths, the windows are open and you can see the divine blessing us through Buddhism and through Christianity and the different sects of Christianity, the different traditions. Because there's this and that Christian tradition, there's one Christ, consciousness, there's one Father. I and my Father are one. So practice and keep your enthusiasm. And if you hit a rut, you won't be the first one. Perk it up. Sing a different song. Sing the channel song. Take a walk and sing the channel song. Walk around this property. Flowers, river, mountain, trees, rocks. Yeah. And revive the inspiration that Kriyananda gave us through these songs. And where did Kriyananda get the inspiration? From his guru. And how did he get it? By diving deep into master, to the exclusion of all else, so that he could be seeing the one light all the time. And that's why he was for everything and not against anything. 
I love that quote from Swami saying that. And I love this story that Narayan read about the disciple going, oh, if you saw this movie, you wouldn't even like that one. God, that's continued, hasn't it? <laughs> Don't we hear that all the time? It's like, oh my God, our whole society is drifting slowly downward into sectarianism. My way's better than your way. My guru's better than your way. My God's better than your God. It's sad. And we have the antidote. <laughs> joy, 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 ever new joy. Try and sing that for a day and then say, oh, well, I still feel really down. <laughs> you know, it's really not going very well. Sing it again. <laughs> sing it again. Sing it again. Because the joy is within you. It's all around you. It's all around you all the time. God never goes on a vacation or takes the weekend off. You know? He's just there embracing us. And you can never tell when the, your vision of the reality is going to flip. Swamiji encouraged us over and over. Go inside and follow the joy that you feel. And Master, in one of his metaphysical meditations, whenever a little bubble of joy appears in your consciousness, blow on it and make it bigger. <laughs> so it's just the kids playing at lunchtime. Yeah, but it's joy. From the farm where I work, the school is in the middle of two parts of the farm. So when it's recess time, I can hear it. <laughs> so much fun. It's, it's interesting. Christian Salisbury and I have discussed this at great length. But little kids playing on the playground always sound the same. Now, we haven't done research in the rest of the world. So these are American kids, but they always sound the same. There's intermittent screaming. It's joyful screaming. Mostly it's the girls screaming, but sometimes the boys scream. And just, it's just joy, 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 ever new joy. So make that effort to feel God. And if your Kriya is getting a little stale, pop it in the toaster, you know? Do something about it. Master, have, we have all these techniques. Heliotropic method of self-healing. Chanting, superconscious chanting, affirmations, bring in a new affirmation, bring in an old affirmation, revive an old affirmation, uh, bring in, if you haven't read all of Swami's books, read another one, or read one that's relevant to the topic. Explore the lives of a saint, but keep your practice alive. Keep your enthusiasm alive, and don't let it wane. I, when I was young, when I was first here, I didn't know why we had a new theme every year. I just thought we'd just have the same theme every year, you know, can't we? And Swami would always, no, let's have a new theme. Why? Just to revivify it. Is it a different path? No. Is it a different expression of truths which are eternal? Yes. And each of us needs to revivify on a daily or weekly or as-needed basis, the enthusiasm and the love and the joy of God. Thank you all for what you do, because constantly I see people in big and little ways groping or 
grasping or insisting that the guru keep their inspiration high. And you all do. And I'll just thank you generically and those of you online because I, we get reports of uh, Sagar and others' dialogue with the great world, the great universe of the cyberspace disciples. And it's so inspiring. We do it in satsang. It's a little easier. But people persist, and the guru comes to them, and he blesses them. Thank you for acting on that inspiration. Thank you for being who you are. Thank you for being disciples. On Tuesday, I have a suggestion for you. If you're slowing down in some aspect, Lahiri Moshais, Mahasamadhi. Don't miss this. <laughs> this, is, this is a day you got Tuesday for the Mahasamadhi. You've got Saturday for the birthday. This is, this is, in my calendar, this is Lahiri time. This is the Lahiri week where we just tune in. Who did Lahiri initiate into Kriya? Muslims, Christians, uh, Hindus. It didn't matter to him. Why? Because the masters are in the white light. They are not in the spectrum outside of the center. And so they see the the one light, and so he gave Kriya to them, and he taught them, and that is what, why he sent Master to the West. Remember that Lahiri held Master on his lap at the age of two, one and a half, and said, Mother, your child is going to be a spiritual engine, bringing many souls to God. We are those souls. So Lahiri was blessing us in 1894, <laughs> before we showed up in these bodies. So celebrate the birthdays of the masters, the Maha Samadhis. We're, we're three months from Christmas. I mean, Thanksgiving's coming up. There's this, it's built into our daily routine to love God, serve God, think about God, rejuvenate our Kriya. Thank God that you have the Kriya key. And I thank God that you're using it. God bless you all.
mountains remote and still, hint at higher worlds unseen, so may our lives be soaring and serene. Mother, we thank you, your joy shines in everything. Open these chasms that the world once more may see. So may our lives flow, set fast for the 